You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We are here to remind you that you're grown and you got this. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook. So I want to talk today about co-parenting with a narcissist. And I recognize that there is a mental health diagnosis, narcissistic personality disorder, which is a mental health diagnosis. Most people who are being referred to as narcissist may have some tendencies, even though they may not have an official diagnosis. That said, if you are in a divorce or a parenting matter where you are truly concerned about one's mental health or you are aware of your own mental health challenges or that of your ex or co-parent, then certainly get the appropriate help notify your attorney, the mediator, divorce coach, therapist, whoever is involved and engaged to really help you um, in this process. We'll talk about that a little bit more in detail later, but I wanted to start the episode out by acknowledging that there is a true diagnosis that most people have not yet actually been diagnosed with However, their behaviors um, are similar to individuals who do truly have uh, the diagnosis. That said, I want to roll right into the conversation. If you've listened to my episodes before, you know that for me, safety is always first. And so if you are in a relationship whether that's a marital relationship or a parenting relationship, please, please, please make sure that you are safe, especially if mental health is a problem. Safety is always first. And in our conversation today, when we're talking about co-parenting with someone who has been identified or who you believe uh, is a narcissist, you want to make sure that you are always physically, emotionally, um, you know, safe. So be mindful of that as we are going through how you engage and co-parent with this individual. So I really like to break things down in a way where you can follow along and take notes. And I'm hoping that you'll do that because then you can kind of refer back to your notes later on as a part of your overall process. So I'm going to lay out the six things that we're going to be discussing today, and then I'll circle back to each uh, bullet point so that as you're following along, you can organize your thoughts and notes around those areas. So six things we're going to talk about in terms of co-parenting with a narcissist. First, recognize mental health and taking it seriously. Second, managing yourself and your triggers. Third, boundaries, not just setting them, but maintaining them. Fourth, put it in writing. Always, always, always. Number five, this is not a solo sport. Get help. And number six, 
let go and let God. So let's chat. First, recognize mental health and take it seriously. This is really serious and really important, especially if you're going to be co-parenting with someone who has mental health challenges, even if they have not otherwise been diagnosed, but you recognize that there are some personality concerns, um, you've seen things that give you pause. You want to make sure that you take those things very seriously and note the concerns that you have, but also kind of track those times where things seem to be heightened or areas by which you recognize that there are certain triggers for the other person. Be mindful of those things because sometimes you can find a pattern in things, especially as it relates to children. So if you know that the co-parent really struggles with being alone during, say, weekend parenting time or the overnight seem to be very overwhelming. And so that tends to kind of send them into a spiral or certain behaviors become just kind of out of the ordinary. Make sure that you note those and you take those things very seriously. Now, taking things seriously doesn't mean that they can't otherwise have parenting time or that you want to make a mountain out of a molehill. But you do want to identify those concerns that you have so that when you are in mediation or if the two of you are litigating and going to court, you can provide specific examples, but also solutions or options for consideration to address those challenges and concerns. Several years ago, I had a case where it was my client who struggled significantly with um, weekend parenting time. He really had a hard time with managing all of their children on his own, but he didn't want to admit that. But every weekend, it was just chaos and histrionics and just he turned into someone that was really different than the person that I would engage with during the week. And so through speaking with the other attorney and his co-parent and even him, what we really found was that it was kind of the lack of the routine, the long stretches of time, and we were able to structure the weekend so that it allowed for more routine time. We had breaks in time where he could get help from other people where they would set up a lot of play dates. And this has nothing to do with him not being a good parent because he really is a good parent. But he wasn't capable of handling the weekend parenting time. But here's the thing. He had narcissistic tendencies. And so there was no way he was ever going to admit that he is not a great dad and that he just couldn't handle it. But recognizing that we were never going to get him to admit that, we found a way to structure things so that it was more of a, the children need this kind of structure. We are helping them help you 
but not having him feel as though he was the one who needed help. There are ways to be strategic about getting what you want by letting someone else think that they have the upper hand. So be strategic, be smart about it, but recognize and take things seriously, especially as it relates to mental health concerns and challenges. By extension, if you are concerned about substance abuse, especially during times where um, someone is triggered or their behaviors are such that they manage them with substances, same kind of thing. You have to be realistic about the engagement and the interactions, not just for yourself, but certainly for your children in all ways. We don't want anybody who is self-medicating and that's whether that's, you know, prescription um, drugs or uh, those things that um, are uncontrolled substances or alcohol. So again, take mental health very seriously. This is a very serious thing but learn how to work with and manage that individual. And that's going to help with your overall co-parenting relationship. In thinking about this idea of management, we move to number two, which is managing ourselves and our own triggers. What triggers you? What gets you worked up when you're dealing with this person? Write those down. There's something that they know or that they do that gets you turned around. Write it down and take back control over those things. Manage yourself first. So if you cannot engage with them directly, meaning I get so overwhelmed and anxious and I'm just not myself when we have phone conversations or we are face to face, no problem. I know this about myself. So here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to talk about boundaries, setting those and maintaining those. But first, it's important to identify what are my triggers Because you better believe when you are co-parenting with a narcissist, they know those triggers and they are going to push, push, push. So take the power back, identify what the issues are, what triggers you so that you can manage yourself. It's also important to be realistic. Are there things that you do that trigger the other person? Self-management is really important. Are you pushing buttons? Are you being manipulative? Are you gaslighting? Are you using the children as a pawn? And be honest with yourself because saying to yourself, no, not really, that's not the same as knowing, yes, I do that. I'm embarrassed that I do that. I am better than that kind of behavior. Let's be the person that your children think that you are, 
the person that you really aspire to be. Let's be honest about those things. So managing ourselves, identifying our triggers so that we can engage in a way that serves not just ourselves, but by extension, this greater relationship. Here's the thing, and I should have said this earlier, but, you know, it bears bringing up at at this stage because we're talking about co-parenting, we're talking about relationships and managing ourselves. You are in this relationship with this individual for the long haul. Your relationship with your co-parent does not end when your children turn 18. In fact, it's really just getting started. Now, your children who are now adults, once they are, um, you know, 18 in the eyes of the law, they are an adult, certainly, you know, not for purpose of drinking, but for purpose of things like child support and parenting schedules. And so oftentimes people are like, I just got to get to 18 and then I never have to deal with my co-parent again. Well, that's not true. You have college, you have graduations, you have military ceremonies or art programs, you have ballet recitals and anything else that your child is involved with allows for the two of you to continue to have that relationship and engagement, even if it's at arm's length. There will be marriages, there will be grandchildren, there will be move-in dates to new apartments or new cities, all of these things. God forbid there is some sort of emergency situation where everybody needs to come together. So be mindful that this relationship is just getting started. And so it really makes the most sense to try to manage the relationship in a way that's going to work long term. Don't kid yourself in thinking it's only until they're 18. It's not. This is a lifelong connection and relationship that you have with this individual. And so it's important to keep that in mind when we think about how we're managing ourselves and the other person, especially if they are a narcissist. So let's talk about boundaries. There is a real misconception that just setting boundaries is enough, and it's not. When you are dealing with a narcissist, you have to set them and you have to maintain them. It's critically important to maintain the boundaries that you set. I just talked about the idea of triggers and knowing your triggers. Know your triggers, set and maintain the boundaries that are going to help you from being triggered. That's really important. Stick with those. If engaging with this person orally does not work for you, then be very clear, we can only communicate via text. I will only respond to you via email. And with each opportunity that they try to wiggle around there, 
Don't allow it. You have to draw the line in the sand and just continue to respond with, I only engage with you in this way. Full stop. You deserve to be respected. And as long as you set realistic, and and I want to really push on the realistic because you want to set boundaries that are realistic for you to be able to maintain. So this isn't even about them. This is what can I set that's going to be realistic? Because the last thing you want to do is to jump out there and set you know, boundaries that you yourself can't maintain. So what are those things that I can realistically maintain, not just today, but long-term? Knowing what our triggers are and then knowing how to set and maintain those boundaries is really important. If you are in the legal process and you're working with a lawyer, be very clear with the lawyer about, okay, here are my triggers, here are my boundaries. As my lawyer, I need you to work within these as we navigate these next steps. So if I cannot handle five different emails that are piecemeal and chaotic and all over the place or at last minute, those things make me very anxious. You need to communicate those, especially when we're dealing with co-parenting matters. Be very clear with your counsel. I do not operate well when engaging with my co-parent in this manner. And so as we proceed in this process, I'd like for you to to help support my ability to engage and manage and work with this co-parent because of the triggers that impact me. It's important to give voice to those things. Maintaining realistic boundaries will help you in your co-parenting relationship going forward. Put everything in writing. That's our number four. Everything should be in writing always. Do not fool yourself into thinking that when you're engaging with somebody who is a narcissist, that they are not going to dial back or have revisionist history or, and I'm going to put this in quotes, forget what they agreed to or what they said. Gaslighting is a thing. And if you have any experience with someone who is a narcissist, you know what I mean. They are very manipulative and they really thrive within what I'm going to call the shadows. And that's where gaslighting really rears its ugly head. You have to have it in writing. Even if the two of you are in a really good space and things in your relationship have been going very well, you're at pickup and there's an agreement to change the time, follow up with a text, hey, great to see you today, or hey, you know, I'm really glad that we were able to agree that tomorrow we're changing the time to two o'clock. Keep it short, keep it simple, but put that bad boy in writing. You want to make sure that any agreements, any discussions are always confirmed in writing, no matter 
the nature of your relationship and how things are going. Putting things in writing is really important. There are a number of co-parenting apps that are out there and available that really help with managing the co-parent relationship, especially when one person is a narcissist. There are certain features and functionalities of varying co-parent apps that help with things like tone, that help with being able to download the information easily if you need it for evidence. There are others that allow a third party to view the file and keep track of the communication. Their financial tracking apps are all of these great tools and resources that are out there and available that you should check into and find the one that may work for the two of you um, because that can really help when you're co-parenting with somebody who is not always trustworthy, who is manipulative, who tends to turn things around. Um, it Having a written format, something that can be used consistently can really make all the difference. Moving into why this is not a solo sport. So at the very beginning of the episode, you know, I said, you got to get help, get the help from a therapist or a lawyer or a divorce coach. And so I want to circle back on that and really talk about the importance of recognizing that this is not for you to do alone. Managing a relationship with somebody who has real issues requires real help. So getting the help and notifying your lawyer, your divorce coach, those things are important. Working with a parent coordinator. Some families really need the assistance of a third party long-term. A parent coordinator is a great option and alternative because that's somebody who is in your parenting relationship. It's kind of like that ongoing third-party referee that is going to be a long-term person. If you find that you need that additional help, then talk to your lawyer or talk to a mediator or if your case has been a high conflict case and you have a child representative or a guardian ad litem that's been appointed, ask about having a parent coordinator um, appointed. Work with your individual therapist. I feel very strongly that even if you've never engaged or felt you've needed um, therapy, now may be the time to touch base with somebody. Going through a divorce or a parenting matter really is difficult. And finding an outlet to give voice to everything that you're going through, thinking, feeling, can really make all the difference both now and going forward. But also for your children, I know especially in in our community, Mental health has not been something that we talk about, especially as it relates to our children being in and seeing a therapist, Um, but it can really help. And so I encourage you to really give some thought and look into finding a therapist who can support your children as needed. 
I cannot say that you may find um, a black male or female therapist in your community, but really try to find somebody who is going to understand your children, understand you. There are a lot of therapists who now do and allow for online therapy practices and services. And so I would encourage you to research them, especially if you live in a community where there's not a lot of diversity and you don't have access to somebody who culturally is sensitive to some of the things that your children or yourself um, are, are facing as you go through this process. Now, make no mistake, I'm not saying that, um, you know, someone who is outside of the Black community cannot serve in, in that space because there are some excellent mental health practitioners who, um, you know, come from all backgrounds. Um, but I do think it warrants exploring and making sure that whoever you're working with is culturally competent to help work through this time um, and, and space. But working with somebody to help manage the co-parenting relationship, to help you navigate working with a narcissist is really important. Family, there may be somebody that your co-parent is really connected to, whether they are in your family or um, in their family. Now, it is highly possible and it is very common that people who are narcissists have an estranged relationship with their family. So, um, you know, if you're thinking, oh, well, my ex doesn't speak to his family at all, that's not uncommon. But maybe they have a relationship with one of your siblings or one of your cousins or a coworker. Speak with those people about how they can help you manage the relationship with this person. There is somebody for everyone. And so tapping into that resource can be very helpful for you. Certainly the police as needed. I'm not a big fan of calling the police for a whole host of reasons, except when you absolutely need it. So if you absolutely need the help, get the help, but know that this is not a solo sport. So reaching out to a lawyer, your divorce coach, a parent coordinator, GAL, therapist, family members, friends, do what you need to do to get the support to help you manage this relationship is really important. And last, but certainly not least, Girl, let go and let God. Sometimes we just have to lean in on our faith that everything will be okay. We're going to walk through this and God has our back. Sometimes you really have to just get on your knees and say, Father, I need your help. And if you are not um, someone who um, is a God-fearing person, maybe you're spiritual, maybe um, you are uh, in tune and aligned with a higher power through the universe or whatever your source um, may be, lean into that because that can um, be really helpful 
to center and ground you, but also to give you the necessary perspective to keep moving forward as you are managing this relationship with uh, a co-parent who is a narcissist. So I'm hopeful that this information has been helpful for you as you are trying to manage this relationship, that you recognize the importance of mental health and you take it seriously, that you identify and manage your own triggers, that we are setting and maintaining our boundaries. We are putting everything in writing Relying on a co-parenting app can be very helpful, but even if it's text or email, but having some sort of writing uh, to confirm the back and forth and the dialogue and the agreements is critically important. Not trying to do this ourselves. This is not our solo sport. And last but not least, recognizing that there are greater forces out there and finding your grounding and letting it and letting that guide you in this relationship. As always, I believe that sharing is caring. If there is someone who you know may benefit from listening to the podcast or checking out our resources on GrownGirlDivorce.com, please share with them. You never know who may truly need the support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.